0: What a privilege it is to be here tonight and uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Mark, my wife is Candice, that one I pointed to Fee, apologize, that's my wife, just, we're not that familiar and, uh, and uh, there's definitely the other one and um, just clarifying, but um, we're super excited about what God is doing and Gabe, as Gabe mentioned, I do want to just, just honor a group of people who've pioneered with us and partnered with us in Planting in the City and I've been willing to go on a journey of faith and courage after the mission of God and engage something different, engage something that's a bit, more, a bit different, a bit maybe different to what you joined or what you thought, but been willing to go on the mission to see the kingdom of God come in the city of Cape Town. I do want to honor just the amazing people of being part of that crew and, that, and uh, you know your names and it's been such a privilege and we're so excited about all God is doing. So we're really excited for where we're going and maybe just let me ask, answer the elephant in the room question. Why plan a church, Mark? Good question. Anyone thinking that? Why plan a church? Aren't the numbers shrinking of the church-going community? Aren't people watching at home online? I know. You were watching me on YouTube this morning. Here we go. I met a lady who lives about 400 meters down the road. I met her the other day. She says, hello, pastor. And I've never seen her in my life because she's watching online every Sunday. So why plan a church when people can do that? another meeting are we bored um, or is there nothing to do no it's it's none of these things and is it really necessary to plant churches in 2023 all the challenges going on aren't you just putting more pressure on? we we just putting more pressure on systems than that so let's answer the question otherwise we don't know what we're doing here and who's here tonight so we've probably got life changes family who've been doing life and life changes and on the story and the mission welcome home To those who are intrigued, maybe you've got a friend who's been popping into the Sunday Night Motley crew who gather and uh, there's an excitable redhead, he gets up and gets excited and you're just intrigued by what's actually going on. Welcome home. But maybe you're part of the broken and you're looking for an answer to areas of broken. Well, welcome home too, because we're all there. We've been there and God is on the journey. He's making whole, he's healing, and he's inviting us into his great story. And it's such a great privilege. And I want to tell you, the original church launch was a blast. It it was an absolute blast. There was fireworks, literally fire on heads. Acts chapter 2, go read it. And you you see it. And and then an absolute wimp of a guy named Peter who denied Christ three times, that guy, to a little girl. Don't even know him. Never met him. He denied Christ three times because the Spirit of God comes because of the fireworks at the launch of the original church. He finds courage, preaches the gospel, and three thousand people get added that day. A guy who denied Christ to a little girl preaches because of that same fire that is in this place tonight and potential for changing the city. Three thousand get added. It says those who accepted his message and were baptized about three thousand were added to their number that day. So here's the potential of the local church it says they devoted themselves the apostles teaching into fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs by the performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts Praising God, that's boravos rolls, by the way, that's what they were eating. I did, if you read in the Hebrew and the Greek, it says boravos rolls. And, um, and praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I honestly believe the local church and the Church of Jesus Christ Universal across the globe is the answer and the greatest change agent in this world. More than the IMF, more than any freedom force, more than any nation could ever be, nothing comes close to the potential of a local church working well. And we see it in the scripture. Number one, you find devotion. In a fickle world where people are in and out of relationships, in and out of this, in and out of that, don't really wanna commit to anything, the potential of the local church is the people who are devoted. And here's the thing, they devote themselves. It says they devoted themselves. If you want to come on a mission at this time and plant a, 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 a congregation and a church in the city of Cape Town, here's what I'd ask of you. Devote yourself. It's not my job or Gabe's job or feed job or Candice's job to devote any one of you. See Jesus, devote yourself to Jesus, and buy into his mission and his story, and your life will change. It says they had communion and community, breaking bread, so they had signs and wonders. The church, seeing signs and wonders this morning, preaching on forgiveness and seeing signs and wonders coming in room as whole families who who fathers walked out three weeks ago, come to church for the first day this Sunday and are weeping and broken by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and his ability to heal. We're trusting. You see, irrational generosity, they're selling stuff and giving it away to those in need. Come on. In this room, cars have been given away so that others might have ability. In this room, money has been moved from families so that kids can go to school, that, that families can thrive. And maybe you don't know about it yet. Well, come into the life of God and see what he does. See what he does when he moves your heart to become part of that source. And yes, there's food. There's always food. Welcome to the church. There's worship because of all we receive. But what's most exciting is the Lord added daily, and I think sometimes, much of the church, we've forgotten the mandate, the call, and the possibility of the church being a place where God adds. But here's the thing who's he going to add? Who's he pulling into his story as, as we sometimes settle for a make it smaller circle? God's saying, actually, I want your heart to increase. If you're here tonight and you're saying, I, I, I would love this to stay like this, I'm telling you, we will disappoint you. Because God wants to add. Color, life, diversity, demographic change, every part of it. And I loved it. I got to church this morning, and there's a guy brand new on worship. He's never led, but I saw in the back pocket before the service started a red hanky. And I thought, that hanky is coming out. And as he got excited, the hanky came out in the second service. And then the Spirit of God started to move out. Thank you, Jesus, because in the church I grew up, and no one had a hanky. But I love this. And I'm saying, God, the church has got to have life. It's got to have life. But I want to take us just quickly through a, a Jesus story of Jesus teaching this motley crew of disciples, these radical dudes. He just pulls together and says, we're going on a mission. Welcome to the church. Yeah. And we see in Mark 4 this beautiful story where he takes him out and says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the, over to the other side. We sang it tonight about a Savior who went over to the other side. And Jesus says to these guys, let us go over to the other side. And he says, leaving the crowd behind, it was a bad move. In those days, you needed crowds. You wanted the momentum of crowds. It's no different these days, but Jesus had a different plan. He needed to teach his men something different. And the swell comes up, and, and he, Jesus chants them, why are you so afraid? And you realize that they, they're lacking faith. They were terrified, and they asked each other as Jesus calmed down the storm, who is this guy? Who is he? Do we really even know him? Sometimes we've got to ask ourselves that about Jesus. Do we really know him? Has he gripped us with a knowledge of who he is, his person, his love, the things that burn inside of him? I don't need a Jesus who is safe and sound and keeps me cushy at night. I need a Jesus that breaks breaks down the walls of hostility inside of my own heart. I need a Jesus that rips prejudice out of me. I need a Jesus that keeps ripping smallest out of my soul that defaults to small spaces. And so do you. Call the gospel. It's the most exhilarating thing on the face of the earth. And then Mark chapter five starts like this in just a few simple points. Then they went across a lake in the region of Gerasenes. This place you didn't wanna go. One of the 10 cities out there, it's just different language. They didn't really like Christians there. There were no Jesus billboards and there was no guy standing there with an iPad saying Jesus. They just, this wasn't where he wanted to go. It says when Jesus got out the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. down night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. Maybe more like, my name is Legion. I don't know. <laughs> That's just, I like reading the Bible with characters. He replied, for we are Many. And then he begged Jesus again not to send them out of the area. And Jesus rips those demons out of him, sends them into a flock of pigs. And do you say a flock of pigs? <laughs> yeah, whatever, pigs. And um, they run off and, and this man gets free. And, but I love the fact that the commenters put in the detail, they go to the other side, like a technical term saying to the other side of the tracks. And who was waiting? Obviously he left the crowd for a bigger crowd, surely. No one goes for the small crowds. They want the big crowds. They want the big stadiums. Beyonce's not coming to Cape Town. She wants, come on, we need to change these things. Don't know why I brought that up. And, um, but there was no crowd waiting. There's just a demonized guy. He's smelly. He's got blood all over him because he's been cutting himself. He's shouting, and no one wants to come near him. He cannot be restrained. That's the only welcoming party for Jesus. And I think Jesus knew that from the start. I think he took those disciples from that crowded beach where everyone was saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He says, boys, get in the boat. I'm gonna take you through a storm. You're gonna be terrified. You're gonna wonder why are we here and you're gonna think it must be because there's some big happening on the other side. And all that's gonna be waiting for us is a demonized man with a legion of demons inside of him. He's gonna be stinky. He's gonna look like he is hopeless and hopeless and hapless with nothing going on in his world. We're going for him. And when we plot a church like this, and when people sacrifice, and when we go on journeys, and please know there's a a community of faith that's much more than the people that are in the room this morning that have gone on the journey to just be in this building here today. There's years of sacrifice. There's ability to say no to a whole bunch of things so we can say yes to this. This is a big thing. But one demoniac on a shore far away through a storm is a big thing. And when we lose that, we lose the essence of the gospel. And the end results are spectacular. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who'd been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Jesus was teaching his disciples and he's teaching us tonight and he's answering the question, why would you plant a church? Well, let me tell you first, I believe, because before we are disciples in a boat with Jesus, because we all read that story and we all imagined ourselves in the boat with Jesus. Who didn't? You said, no, I recognize, I mean, I'm the demonized guy. But before we were ever disciples in a boat, invited to a boat with Jesus, we were demoniacs, we were dirty. We, we love to forget how actually bankrupt we are outside of Jesus. We are completely bankrupt. And when we forget that understanding that the gospel takes us from a position of bankruptcy before Christ and pulls us into the perfection of Jesus washed by the robe of righteousness, we'll stop going mission. We'll stop getting in small boats. This is just a small boat, I guess. For us, this is a big faith venture, but in the light of the world, America's not stopped and go, have you heard what's happening in Century City? I don't think anyone... And the International Bank has said, have you heard? No, we just, we're in a little small boat, but with Jesus. We're with Jesus. And because we with Jesus, the possibilities are unbelievable. And I want to tell you, church, we weren't made for the safe harbors. And some, uh, my own heart defaults to safety. I, I look at those pictures of cruise liners and in like nice flat waters, and I go, I like that. But we weren't made for that. And I look among the room here, and there's a lot of people who are younger than me, and there's people that are older. I'm saying, it's not time to settle down. It's time to rise. It's time to sail. It's time to take ground. It's time to keep going to unknown places where we don't know what the end game will be. We're just with Jesus. That's called Christianity. Meetings on a Sunday, that's cool. Gathering together, those are cool. But if we aren't reaching, we're missing something of the heart that He's called us to. So I plan a church. Well, I'm telling you, the church shines on the other side of our comfort and convenience. And my mates are here tonight who've served this church, and both in work and, and going for it, and, and, and for 10 years, they've stood on altar. For 10 years, he's come to prayer meetings at 6 o'clock in the morning in the middle of winter to pray for you. He's on sabbatical now. Shouldn't even be here. What are you doing here? And, uh, and I'm going, thank you, Jesus. See, but the one thing I know about this these people, they remember what Christ has done for them. Mm. Yeah, spectacular. So we'll keep going. This so church plan is not about convenience, comfort, or filling a building on a Sunday. I couldn't care about those things at all. No one wants stormy seas. Says leaving the crowd behind. And then again in Mark 5, he comes back here, addresses the crowd again. But the whole trip was about one guy. One guy. If one person gets saved and pulled out of brokers, I'm telling you, this is all worth it. All of it. The building, the setup, all the worship bands practicing, your hun standing up and drumming behind his drums, like, sit down, stand up, sit down. It's, it's all worth it. People going, but I, but I wanted to be a part of a plant in the city in a 190-year-old building. I'm going, yes, it was spectacular. But if one person, it's all worth it. You know what happens? We come alive. We find courage, and we see Jesus in the storm saying, "Be still." Yeah. Two more quick reasons. Why plan a church? The church shines on the other side of our preference and prejudice. See, the bigness of the gospel will not be limited by our smallness. How many kings have we missed? How many people we look on beaches and say, "Well, that's just a demoniac, just dirty, broken, no hope, no help." The gospel says, that's not your question to ask. Get in the boat with Jesus. Sail through the storm. Discover the kings who will go back and declare of his goodness. Become a partner in the greatest story this world's ever known. I'm intentionally trying to get you excited. Intentionally. And lastly, the church advances when you keep getting in the boat with Jesus to unknown shores. So the men went away. They were all amazed at what God had done. Taking them to the other side. I want to tell you my story it's totally and wholeheartedly a testimony of the local church. And I realize maybe yours isn't, but let me share just a little bit. I have, at 14 years old, I encountered God in a church that meant in a circus, in a school hall. A bunch of hippies who encountered God in Durban, 37 degree heat, no aircon, People running out of shoes, I thought this was weird. Then I saw a lady going, the gospel gripper and going, move into one of the hardest countries this world knows. And I thought, something's up here. Then I saw a man take his family and plant a church in Madagascar, another man to Canada, had never been there. And I thought, what is going on? These people are nuts. But as they worshiped, I encountered God. I got loved. My parents got liquidated when I was 19 years old and my life group leader was 25. He didn't need me in his world. Pitched up, and many of you know the story, but I'm telling tell it again. Because it changed my life. Because a week before my parents lost their job, I had to survive. I got a job at RJ's. I got the worst section. i was like, you know those tables, they stick in the dark like this. Just, you just go work those. No one's ever gonna come and sit at your table, but it'll be good learning for you. Until my life group leader, the guy who didn't need me in his world, but chose to love me, to go to the other side, came to my table, sat down, ordered a 30 rand burger, and gave me a 50 rand tip. I've never appreciated 50 rand rule so much in all my life. The church... Others who challenged. Others who risked. They let me lead a life group at 23 years old. What were they thinking? I still don't know. I got called into community, and, and, and I got entrusted to be a leader within community. I met my wife in church. If you're here tonight and you're dreading Valentine's Day, I don't know what it looks like you. I was that guy. I was this big in my trick going, Lord, I need you. I need you. you got, got to do this. And I went away for a season, come back, only found a girl who had been ripped out of nightclubs and ripped out of rave clubs, back into the love of the father, getting restored and made whole, and got given to me. And I'm going, "God, I don't deserve this. Had the privilege of serving in church, broken people, going into homes that I'll never forget the details of the homes. I said it this morning, going to a home on a Monday morning where a woman was prostituting herself to sustain the lifestyle of their family while her 9-month-old child was at the wall. I remember the pictures on the wall. I remember the detail. When we struggled to fall pregnant, I remember people praying and praying and trusting. When I was out of line, friends challenged me in love. The local church is a family for the lonely, an army for the hopeless, a hospital for the broken, a training ground for warriors, a commissioning for the purposeless, and a place of safety for the vulnerable. We're launching a church tonight, but here's what I want to tell you. We cannot do it, but God will. We cannot do it. We cannot change the city by our good endeavors and proclamations unless the Spirit of God is burning flames upon our heads. We cannot do it, but God will. Come and be a part. Of changing the world. Get in the boat with Jesus. Just get in the boat with Jesus. This is not our boat, it's not Gabe and Fee's boat, it's not my boat. Life changes is Jesus' boat. I can tell you now, He doesn't care about the brand. He just wants people in the boat who are prepared to go through storms, discomfort, to the other side of their prejudice and pain, and whatever's part of the journey, just to meet one, to reach one. So that cities might get saved. So tonight we launch a church. And I'm going to hand over to Gabe, but before they do that, we're going to launch a church. Come on. Let's do it. Come up, buddy. Can you guys stand? Uh, what are we going to do, Gabriel? Okay. I, I, I know I'm excited. I'm a 44 year old dude who encountered God 30 years ago. And I'm so grateful. I get to worship with a lady over there who came tonight, Jenny Ambler. I love you. I've been in church with Jenny since 14 years old. It's been an interesting journey because at some stages, I was almost a boss in a weird way. And at other stages, she could have spanked me when I was about eight years old, when she probably met me the first time. And here we are at another church plant. I was at Church of Maine last night, twenty five years ago, planted, and I was at the meeting where the, the couple were, who was an she was an architect she is an architect and he was a lawyer. Left careers to plant a church and I stand there last night, I'm hearing test me off this year. I'm going, God, do something with us. Thank you for not stopping, Jenny. Thank you for never stopping. I watched you pray for people this morning and my heart gets overwhelmed. Thank you. But I'm calling you in a world that is so scared to call people to anything. I'm calling us to trust Jesus, to see lives changed, to be a people who will go where no one else will go, to trust him for what no one else will trust him. And I'm telling you now, I promise you this, you will live the most exhilarating version of your life that Instagram cannot compete with. It just can't. Because on the other side of that journey, there's a first-hand witness of a king who laid his life down on a move to save a world. So let's plant this church tonight. Can we pray as we did? God, we declare as Joseph did, we cannot do it, but God will. We say, come, Spirit of God, as you did in that very first church plant. Anoint with fire for the task. Set us ablaze to burn in the city. Not our meetings, not, not our structured moments, just set us ablaze. Pray every person that you've called to be knitted in and added to the story, set us ablaze for your glory. Burn in us a, a raging, insatiable added child, added ap- appetite to see the lost come home, the broken, the bruised come home, made whole and healed. Do it with us, we ask God. Bless the churches across the city right now, I ask. Pour out your grace and your abundance and your fire upon each and every one. But as we commission this church into the more that you have and launch tonight, we say, God, would you pour your fire and your spirit upon us so that you would get all the glory. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate the launch of what you are doing. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to take your next steps or find out what's happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. We can't wait to see you soon.